Him. Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the official audio program of NotInHallOfFame.com, and I'm your host, Kirk Buckner, the Buck, the owner and the operator of NotInHallOfFame.com, and of course, the sister sites, the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame and the fictitious rock and roll Hall of Fame. Vinny Laspinuso, our resident football expert, wanted to go through the Pro Football Focus 101, though that's the 101 players of the last decade, and just uh, give a quick look. Uh, are they Hall of Famers or are they not? What, need, what do they need to do? And in some case, we already have one who is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And when Vinny asks you to do a show, you say yes, because Vinny knows his shit. Without further ado, here's Vinny. Mr. Los Penuso, how are things on Long Island? Uh, still not that, still not good. Though it is getting a little bit better. Can't say the same for Brazil or Russia or the UK or many other places. And, you know, as for the U.S. itself, well, if any, if we should not think that anyone's envy of us, because if anything, they pity us. Because we are a big uh, laughing stock right now, because of a whole bunch of different reasons. But I, but then, but then again, what else now? You, you make me feel lucky that I live on an island. Yeah, <laughs> In that case, you are very lucky. So uh, I'm going into this uh, project here a little bit blind. I should have done a little bit more research, but sometimes it's more fun to sort of like let this all come come at you. Uh, you sent me a message how you wanted to take a look at the 101 Players of the Decade by Pro Football Focus, an excellent website, and anyone who hasn't checked that out, they really should. And they've ranked the 101 greatest players of the last decade. And we spent a lot of time, you and I, discussing the all-decade teams. Uh, we had a very similar opinion. I think most people did. We were a little bit upset they didn't divide that into first team, second team. But I think with this, now we really have a ranking from people who really know what they're talking about. So I think we can take a look at some of these players and just uh, go over really quickly what their Hall of Fame chances are. I think with a lot of them, it's pretty good. And with a few, I yeah. think uh, they won't. Uh, and also, it's important to understand that PFF does their stuff differently from most football writers. Because the football writers, they see it you know, a little bit more like general, a little bit more like, you know, eye test. PFF is all hardline analytics. This is all hardline analytics. And that is very necessary when comparing the two because it's a different perspective on it. And not only that, in today's world, where you have less people sure about, you know, many sports writers in the media, and it's a very negative connotation. Granted, a lot of people have a very similar connotation with a lot of um, um, statisticians. But at the same time, I feel like we live in an age where you need to look at both sides of it and look at it objectively and kind of merge them together like a good marriage unit because it's not good to just disregard one and boost up the other. I think it's good to boost them up simultaneously because this is something that really needs to happen to for us to really just grow and to really progress as you know society and for the future of sports in general. Yeah, and it's something that uh, Sunday Night Football, when they're doing their intros for all the players, uh, they'll even have their rank on PFF. Mm-hmm. So yep, it's yep. Not, it, is, it has reached the mainstream. So they've done, obviously, a great job. And uh, shout out to them. Not that they need my shout out, but hey, why not? Uh, more, more attention to them is always needed. The only downside, though, is that not all their articles are for, um, for, for reading right now, unless you have a subscription. So that kind of sucks for someone like me who does not have that. And I really want to see their article on why they feel Jamal Charles is a better Hall case than Frank Gore. Unfortunately, I'm a mere mortal and have not put in the money for it, but I should get the subscription sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, go through that. Uh, number one, no shock to anybody. It's quarterback Tom Brady. I don't think that there's even a point to discuss this. He's a Hall of Famer right now. He was a Hall of Famer probably seven, eight years ago. He was a, he was the Hall of Famer as soon. He, you can honestly argue he was going to make the Hall of Fame as soon as he won his third championship back in two thousand four. Like, do we really need to go into detail why he's going to make the Hall? <laughs> Come on, like we, we don't need to go into no. detail. He's going to make it first. Like, 
come on, there's no point in discussing this. <laughs> no, and I'm sure there's not going to be any discussion when he's up for when he's up, uh, whenever whatever year that may or may not be. He doesn't seem to age. Uh, he, whatever he's eating, I want some of that. That actually pro- probably didn't sound too good, especially if uh, you're thinking of Giselle Bundchen. But that's another thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, I'm not always appropriate. Uh, number two, uh, defensive lineman Aaron Donald. I love this guy. I love this player, and I love seeing him right here at, at this spot. Um, love Aaron Donald. He is. He's out of all the players that I consider like the young, like in the back at 2010. If there's any player I see from that, I can see as a first bout lock. Aaron Donald, no question, and no one else comes afterwards. It's Aaron Donald, and that's where it ends mm-hmm. in terms of I can see right now being a first-time Hall of Famer from a guy that whose peak started in 2015. It, 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 there's no question. Now here's a little bit of love here for Drew Brees. Uh, I guess so. He's finally finally beat Aaron Rodgers on something. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, he did beat Aaron Rodgers in something, though. I'm still waiting for them to eventually meet in the playoffs. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But hopefully it does one of these days. But for Sunday, going to be on Sunday Night Football in Week 3, if Week 3 even happens. Oh, we're going to have football. They're going to figure out a way to, to, for football to happen. I, I think uh, football happening is a hell of a lot more likely than baseball happening. Uh, at this point, with the way that the union and the players are butting heads constantly, that might just be the case. However, you know, if you're looking for a time to get in some revenue... For baseball, their Hall of Fame, you know, moving that from 2020-2021, put in some Schilling and Bonds and Clemens, and then why not O'Neill? Why not Flood? Well, why not Allen? You know, why not all these Evan players? and I were talking about that, actually, and uh, about Kurt Schilling with that. And I, I actually thought that this sort of helps him actually get into the Hall of Fame with that, a little bit more. Because if now you're going to be combining ceremonies, Kurt Schilling will not... Gonna, was not going to be your headliner. If the writers don't like him, which we know that they don't, Kurt Schilling... Yeah, there's a lot about... Yeah, because Kurt Schilling would have been the headliner for 2021, I think. Oh, yeah, he would have been. You know, you're merging the two pots, and, and considering that you're going to have, I think, more than one uh, veterans committee, so you're going to have, like, the, like, Golden Age, and then... I think it's like early from like before like 40, the 40s and then the 50s and the 60s. So I'm seeing like maybe Dick Allen and uh, Kurt Flood and Buck O'Neill and Minnie Minoso. I mean, these are like guys that I've wanted forever. <laughs> yeah, Kurt Flood definitely. Uh, and, I, and I've said this before. Evan and I were talking about that. Like anytime a baseball player signs a contract, uh, they should be uh, thanking Kurt Flood. Right here, actually, on my right by my desk, I actually have an entire article from the New York Daily News about the Hall of Fame push for Kirk Flood. That's how much I. That's how much I got, want this guy in. Yeah, uh, and I do too. I'm a huge fan. Uh, number four, Richard Sherman. You're a little bit surprised that he was up this high. Uh, yeah, I was Richard too. Sherman, like. I mean, I, I think that he, you know, maybe be top ten. I even didn't think he'd be top five. But, you know, Richard Sherman, he's either him or Patrick Peterson as the best corner of the whole decade. Even though, like, traditionally you could say that Peterson's been that underrated guy. For Sherman, in terms of, you know, pass coverage and allowing the, compre- com- the completion rate, I mean, Sherman is arguably the hardest cornerback to cover the whole decade. He makes it look so easy. And this guy was a fourth-round pick. Not bad. You can get talent anywhere in the draft as long as you're good at drafting. Mm-hmm. The Gronk at number five? Uh, well, Gronk is... I mean, you don't have to explain. Like, but Gronk's going to make it. Honestly, you make it to the 100th. You made the 100th anniversary team. Mm-hmm. You bit, you took a year off. You're going to play for the Tampa Bay Gronkineers. Yes, I called them Tampa Bay Gronkineers because... Come on, you have Tom Brady and you have Rob Gronkowski. I mean, that just fits, and I can't wait to see those two in action. As for Rob Gronkowski, number five, I mean, he's the best tight end of the decade. There's no debate at all. No, no, there's n- not, not at all. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, number six, uh, right, I think right where he should be. Rodgers also is a future Hall of Famer. I don't think anyone's debating that. You'll make it first ballot, I, and for all we know, I don't think Rogers is going to be with the Packers for 
the most I can see him is two more years. If anything, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Rodgers gets traded somewhere in the next offseason. Wouldn't it be cool if Rodgers was with the Patriots? <laughs> as long as he's not in the NFC South, I just, I'm getting really tired of that. No, no. I, honestly, I think, he's, I think after this, he's probably going to get traded to the Raiders. That's what I personally I think. I think in like a year or two, he'll get traded to the Raiders. That's my bold prediction. And after the first, and as soon as he gets there, all the Raiders fans will say, "Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame?" Uh, but he, he just got there. But well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Don't we have a lot when it comes to the Hall? Hell, the Raiders Twitter. The Raiders Twitter um, said. Like and reply if you want Tom Flores and Cliff Branch. Reply if you say otherwise. And because they did the option that Twitter has where you can't um, reply, they did that. And they said, decision unanimous. Hey, that's not fair, man. <laughs> that's not fair. <laughs> and then you start, Then I started seeing the comments and, like, I get where you're coming for Plunkett, but Plunkett's the guy you want after those two? Like, I saw only a little bit for Lester Hayes. I saw only one person want Steve Wisniewski. I saw no one ask for Clem Daniels. Hell, I saw more people ask for Dave Dalby, Dick Taylor, and Matt Millen more than those guys in that comment section. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what to say to that. Uh, we've but certainly had. You can't because anyone would be speechless. That, like, if anything, you know, I don't know. Like, maybe I should try out bleach. Maybe that could really help me out from looking at some of these requests. <laughs> uh, it, it is funny. It'd always be funny, and I think this will be the 18th time I've said openly on air. Why are they not pushing for Steve Wisniewski? I don't get it. But whatever. No matter, that's not what that's not what we're discussing. Hey, at least one person asked for him, so that's progress. Yeah. Uh, were they related to Steve? Oh uh, yeah, did only one person? At least one person asked for Steve was in the comment section. It's better than having zero. That's true. Except one. Uh, number seven, one of my favorite players ever, Vaughn Miller. No question here. He made it unanimous in the. Uh, AP 2010's All-Decky team, Super Bowl MVP, eight-time Pro Bowler, seven-time All-Pro, number two overall pick in the 2000, in that great his 2011 NFL draft. Mm-hmm. He's going to make a first bout when oh, he retires. Okay. Well, he's not right now, but he, he's going to play for, assuming, like another five seasons probably, and then he'll make a first bout because he has all the right in the first bout all day long. Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, most-time Pro Bowler, um, defensive Rookie of the Year, always in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think he's ever won it. I don't think Von Miller ever won uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, let me just check. I know he won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, yeah, he never won it. He did win the, the, the um, Professional Buckets Award, though, so that's the best linebacker in the NFL. But his PFF grade, he, he's eight consecutive seasons of a PFF grade above 90. As an edge rusher, that is just insane. Insane. And he pressured Cam Newton eight times. I mean, it was you can say the sacks, yes, the three sacks out, but it's those eight pressures that really, really set the momentum for the Denver Broncos in Super Bowl 50. Yeah, people, uh, people are still upset at Cam Newton's uh, post-game uh, press conference. Uh, move on. The reason why is because he was hearing stuff behind him. Wow. Well, all good. Uh, Julio Jones, wide receiver. I've, Lord knows I've watched him play far too many times being a Saints fan. Uh, I've seen Julio Jones. No shock here. I expected Julio Jones to be the number one ranked wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He had the best um, grading by PFF. He, he is fantastic. You don't have he, – he is physically dominant. He plays, he's on. Whenever you see Julio Jones run, you always know that he's going to be explosive. may not always translate to touchdowns. A lot of the times, the yardage could be more important than the TD. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Unless you're a fantasy owner. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Which which is a, a, a totally different topic. 
Uh, J.J. Watt, number nine, uh, when he when he was at his peak, there was no one better, period. Um, I was going to say that I kind of expect him to be higher, but at the same time, his peak came in the mid-2000s, and you know he had those two seasons where he missed injury, so he, he's obviously lower because of that, but J.J. Watt is only one of two players to win three Defensive Player of the Year awards, the other being Lawrence Taylor, and also, just like Lawrence Taylor, they both uh, ended a quarterback for the Redskins uh, career. I can't really say that so far for Alex Smith, but is he really going to start again? Let's be real here. I would suspect not. Yeah, no. Um, not at all. But, yeah, J.J. Watt, not, what more could be said? Instant. We'll make it first ballot. He, yep. he should. Uh, the, the guy at number 10 I think should make first ballot, whether he does or doesn't. Uh, I think some people might look at a, 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 a relatively brief career on uh, Luke Keekley. I To me, there's he's some, the first ballot Hall of Famer. There's some guys that had longer careers that had that, that a similar resume of seven All-Pros and you know seven Pro Bowls, and they made it first ballot. So I don't see why Luke Keekley can't, especially considering the fact that he was a three-time, three-time professional buckets award winner, which means he was the best linebacker in the game three seasons. And they they created this award in 2008, and he has had the most. So he's been the best linebacker in the game his entire time. You could say, yeah, Luke Keekley, he was the best linebacker of the decade. In terms of a pure linebacker, not as an edge rusher, but as a pure, like, interior linebacker, he was the best, easily. Yeah, and just a great player, great leader. Uh, again, another player I've seen far too much of as a Saints fan. Uh, it's now now that his career is over, I can appreciate him. It's when I wore, when I'm wearing my Saints jersey and I watch it on Sundays. He was one of those guys I hated to play against. Just absolutely despised it. But uh, moving on, uh, in Joe Thomas, another guy, uh, offensive lineman. A lot of people peg him as a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he will probably be so at, with the worst ever one loss record of any NFL player in the Hall by far. He, his team won nothing, but in this case, you cannot blame him at all because whatever quarterback he was protecting the blind side of, he was always there. Didn't matter if it was Thad Lewis, Brandon Whedon, Johnny Manziel. Derek Anderson, doesn't matter. He was always there. 10,363 consecutive snaps, that alone. And he had the least amount of pressures allowed his entire time there. Joe Thomas is one of the best players I've ever seen. And, in fact, I would say Joe Thomas was the best player of that entire 2007 draft class. That's a draft class that, don't forget, had other guys like Marshall Yonda, Adrian Peterson, Calvin Johnson, I could easily say Joe Thomas was the best out of all those guys. Well, based based on this ranking, uh, Pro Football Focus would agree with you. Yeah, but granted, this just has a whole decade, and Joe Thomas' career ended in 2017. He started his career in 2007, but in terms of that decade, Joe Joe Thomas, easily, no no question in my mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chris Harris Jr. at number 12. This might be a surprise to some people. However, Chris Harris, from an analytical perspective, he blows everyone out of the water. Chris Harris Jr., he is always fantastic in terms of disrupting passes, and only Richard Sherman allowed fewer receiving yards per snap in coverage than Chris Harris Jr. And he is always, he is a Swiss Army knife. He can do so much in the secondary. That's a big reason why Chris Harris is here, too. And I think even though it may show, oh, he doesn't have that many All-Pros. No, no. With Chris Harris, this is a guy you really got to look at the analytical side to really validate his case. And the odds are in his favor by a significant margin. Yeah, and he's one of those guys, I think the more accolades he gets like this, the better the better it is. Uh, if anyone will sort of benefit more from a high rank like this, it's got to be Chris Harris. If, the, if those people in that room are paying attention, in my opinion. Oh. Uh, well, who knows if they're going to look at PFF? I think they should. And who cares if they're not? Because I'll, I'll shove it in their face. <laughs> but either way, Chris Harris Jr., I mean, I use the PFF 101 grade in terms of the way I do my spreadsheets and my rankings, too. So PFF, it is very, very beneficial that I have PFF. But for a guy like Chris Harris Jr., when you rank this high, 
and you're always do so well in the gritty, oh yeah, you're boosted up way higher than some other guys. Well, not as much as like Peterson or Revis, but just right behind them. He's the easy fourth uh, corner. Uh, Antonio Brown, number 13. I said on a previous show that if Antonio Brown would have retired, he would have been, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Now he's acted his way almost out of, out of the Hall of Fame. I hate to say it. And he should be. Antonio Brown should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame based on other wide receivers and how he, how he measures up. Having said that, is he – is he ever going to get in, into the Hall of Fame? Because if it took, this is a guy that you, that nobody wants at this point. What, what does he have to do to sort of like get back in the good graces, or is it even possible? The only, the only team I can see signing him at this point is the Baltimore Ravens, and that's mainly because his cousin plays for them. And you know, I would love to see, I'd love to see him. But there's also a report saying that Russell Wilson would love to see. Antonio Brown comes to the Seahawks. I don't know if the Seahawks would actually get him. That's why I think the Ravens are more the more likely team. But either way, I just hope that he gets signed by someone because I want Antonio Brown to make the hall when he retires because I hate for this to be the last we see of Antonio Brown on the field. I hope he gets his life in order, but at the same time, who the hell knows? I mean, is he bipolar? Does he have CT? I'm not, I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I can't verify that. But there is something wrong with him, and he really needs he needs help. He needs help. And I agree with you. If you were to retire, he, would have, he probably would have been the same ranking, honestly. But this definitely hurts him for the long haul. I, I, until, unless things, like maybe a reason change, I don't know. It, it's such an uncertainty with everything. Uh, number 14, Evan Mathis. This is something really interesting. Evan Mathis does extremely well. Not as like, not as drastic as like, even more drastic, I would say, compared to Chris Harris. Because with Chris Harris, he still gets his All-Pros on us. With Evan Mathis, he only has two All-Pros to speak to his name. However, in terms of pressures and in terms of his gradings, oh my God, like, he was always super dominant. He always has those crushing blocks. The only one I do thing I do question is that Evan Mathis did play for several teams during his career. Though I don't speak for them, but for me, I'm not going to hold that against them personally. Yeah, but unfortunately, uh, sometimes but, it does. Yeah, though I do wonder, like you know, considering he is a PFF star, I guess you can say because he's big at PFF. Maybe this could help him, but I don't think it's going to help him as much as someone like Chris Harris. Because he only has that one all throw and those two Pro Bowls. But who knows? We'll see. Eric Weddle, the recently retired Eric Weddle, 15. I'm high on Eric Weddle. Mm-hmm. I'm very big on Eric Weddle. Yeah. Whoever says that Eric Weddle should have, been on the, should have never been on the All-Decade team instead of Cam Chancellor, you're out of your mind. Tyron Matthew, I can understand. Eric Weddle, hell no. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm in a thousand percent agreement with you on that. Uh, Calvin Johnson, I, I think he's getting in the Hall of Fame. He's number 16. Uh, the only question is when that happens, accumulatively, uh, in terms of his overall stats, they may not seem as impressive, but we, anyone who watched him play knows that he was the best wide receiver uh, on the field every time he was also when you look, Also, when you look at the Calvin Johnson, I also do wonder, from the subtraction from 15 to 10 to 5, I do wonder, will he go... I don't think he's going to make a first bout. No, but I, I do either. wonder, is he going to make it to the 10? Or is someone like Reggie Wayne or Tory Holt more likely to do that in 2021? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because he's eligible now uh, for the first time. And he's going to be a semifinalist for sure. I don't know that he's a lock as a finalist. I, I really don't. And that just and that's not a shot at uh, Megatron. That's a shot. That's just a reality of how hard it is to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Though I would say, with the pandemic and whatnot, I'm hounding and hoping that they expanded from like eight usual to like nine or ten, and I think that'll work for everyone. 
Dorono has much that's going to affect the modern. So it might affect, like, you know, adding another senior and adding the coaching and the contributor section. But we'll just see what happens with that. All right, so moving on, uh, Khalil Mack. I'm more to say he's a great player. He's a great edge rusher. He defensive player of the year. Uh, was he's usually in the in the running for it. He's one of the best in the position. What more do I need to say? Yeah, and uh, also nothing needs to be said about Peyton Manning, number eighteen. I mean, do I need to mention Peyton Manning? I don't think I need to mention Peyton Manning. Okay, I'll say it. Five MVPs. Case closed. He'll make it in a heartbeat. Yeah, then another player like uh, like Brady. There's no discussion. No discussion needed whatsoever. Uh, Jason Peters, number nineteen. Jason Peters might get signed by someone. I'm thinking maybe like the Chargers or the Broncos. But you know, Jason Peters, even if he retires, he'll make the Hall of Fame. He'll he'll definitely make the Hall of Fame. He's always been. A phenomenal, just phenomenal tackle for some of the Bills and the Eagles. And though, even even in his 30s, he's been pretty, pretty good. Though I just wonder how he's going to be in 2020, 2021, if he continues to play. So at number 20, uh, so with a 50% mark, or 50%, nice, one-fifth mark, uh, Earl Thomas, he was actually my favorite player uh, on the Seahawks when the Legion boomed boom days. Sherman got all the press, but to me, it was Thomas. It was, I, I always thought Thomas was, was such a great Thomas player. Would, it is still. Thomas, you could say, even though Rich Sherman was the vocal leader, Thomas was the biggest contributor to the Legion of Boom defense. He was the first piece, the first cog of the wheel. He was the first cog of a clock that wound up the Legion of Boom. And, you know, he's still been doing these now at the Ravens. I heard about the whole story with him and his wife. Hopefully that gets all settled before the season starts. But, you know, there's not much to say. Like, another great player. Now, here's one I'm really happy about. Uh, It almost feels like he's finally getting all the attention he's deserved for so long. Uh, Number 21, Andrew Whitworth. Hell yeah, brah. So happy for Whitworth. Um, He is... Underrated, but unfortunately, he is getting that press because you know he was an alternate many times with Bengals, and you could say you could make a legitimate case that when his time with the Bengals it was the same time that Joe Thomas was there, you could say that he was probably he was probably the best tackle in the AFC right after Joe Thomas, but he never got the recognition because you know he was never as big. He was he was always seen as like Noah Cox, a whole. A lot of reasons, but luckily Whitworth is getting the respect he deserves. And only Joe Thomas had a lower rate of pressure than only Joe Thomas had more than Andrew Whitworth. And pressures, pressures is what's more impactful now. Yeah, it's all stacked, but in the deep analytical view, pressures are what really matters. And Whitworth, <laughs> Whitworth is, like I said, only Joe Thomas has more. And the fact that he's 30 years old and he still gets a three-year contract extension by the by the Rams only speaks volumes to how dominant he's been for so long, and now in his late 30s. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible career, and one where, like, finally he's getting the, the attention that he's deserved for so long, and it's so great to see. Uh, Harrison Smith, number 22, safety. Uh, this is a guy that um, a lot of people are also a little bit annoyed. Um, I would I would say that I was kind of annoyed that Harrison didn't make it before in Cam Chancellor, especially when it comes to the coverage, his coverage, especially when the gradings. Granted, he could always be a little bit up and down, a little bit of the, he's a little more inconsistent. However, because of in the Minnesota Vikings, he is seen as the centerpiece of Mike Zimmer's defense. It's not Everson Griffin, it's not Daniel Hunter, it's Harrison Smith. And hopefully Everson Griffin gets picked up by someone. Um, Daniel Hunter, I could definitely see being on more of the, this list of the 2020s because he is phenomenal. But Harrison Smith, so happy he's here. Darrell Rivas, I think uh, he's hyped his way into uh, maybe being a better player than he really was. And he was still so good. Oh. Uh, Rebus Island, what more do I have to say? But 
Though I don't see him making it for a I think the most I could see, I think the most I could see for Darrell Revis is like four times, maybe five. I think because that drop could hurt him a little bit, though, what more I'd say, Revis out. Yep. Uh, cornerback, Casey Hayward Jr., number 24. It's another surprise. Um, yeah. Casey Hayward has been a vocal uh, critic of how he's been stumped for the Pro Bowl here and there, though I would say similar to Harris, not as much as Harris, but similar to Harris, he's one of those guys that you got to really look at the um, analytics and the and you know the deep the deep numbers to really see his true impact because he was always a little bit under the radar with the Packers and then he truly blossomed with the Chargers and so I'm happy to see him here doesn't don't know how much it's really going to impact him um, though let's see how it plays out in the 2020s. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone we already talked about uh, number twenty five Marshall Yanda I know we both are big fans of his huge on Marshall Yanda he's getting retired in the same time that Eli Manning and Luke Keekley and Joe Staley, a whole bunch of other guys, are retired. So it's going to be a bit of a logjam. Please increase the number of moderns. Thank please, and thank you. <laughs> Devin McCourty, safety, number 26. Ah, uh, this is, again, just, just like, he's similar in this case, like, always as well analytically. And people don't really see that because McCourty is always the big picture of the Patriots' defense. No matter what happens, he's always there. He is their defensive captain. He is their leader. He always fits well in that scheme. He only missed 71 tackles. Out of almost 900 career attempts, only 71 tackles he's missed. That is just ridiculous. And whenever the Patriots change, the one cog that always remains has been Devin McCourty. And even though he may not have gotten, like in terms of the accolades, in terms of the All-Pros and Pro Bowls, this is a guy that I really want to see get more talk down the line because he, the Patriots were the team in the 2000s, and they were the team in the 2010. And in the 2010, you had Brady on offense. Who did you have on defense? Who did you have on defense? He was Devin McCourty. And, you know, when the team is that dominant in that entire stretch, I mean, you could say that, oh, Belichick doesn't have any players. No, McCourty has always been there. McCourty has always been dominant, and it shows. The numbers show. The analytics show. Everything shows. No question. I'm big on McCourty, and I'm, I hope more respect comes his way. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about this guy endlessly, uh, Joe Staley, uh, so I don't think we need to go any further there. Uh, yeah. Uh, retired now. I think uh, he has a good chance to be in the Hall of Fame, but it's just, it's just so hard. It's so hard to get in. Not, be, not before Lomas Brown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patrick Willis, a semifinalist this year, uh, number 28. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm happy that Willis is on here. I mean, there's not much to say. He, in fact, he was a semifinalist in his first year. He's going to make the haul. And the fact that, you know, despite the fact he only played one half of the decade and he still finds his way on this list and this high in the late 20s, not bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another uh, all-decade player, Marshawn Lynch. Break out your Skittles. Hell yeah. Love this guy. Hell yeah. Though I should mention, uh, LaShawn McCoy, despite having the most amount of rushing yards and touchdowns um, out of any running back, despite having the best stats of any running back this, um, this entire decade, he's not on this list. However, with the PFF rating system, it's okay. Don't worry. I'm still very high on LaShawn McCoy. But Marshawn Lynch, this is definitely going to help him out down the road. And I'm happy it has, um, without being a big name. I don't know how much that truly impacts it, but let's see what happens. I'm happy for Skittles and, you know, take care of your chickens. Now I want some Skittles. I can't find them down here. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, number 30, DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> I, I, I'm chuckling now because I'm still thinking about that trade. Man, Bill O'Brien. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I mean, like, I, I can't even imagine what it must feel like to be a Texans fan. Man, and then you wake up and that, and then you read that happen. You trade away, you trade away arguably the best receiver in the game, and you don't even get a first round pick. Instead, you get a second rounder, a fourth rounder, and uh, an, an, and a beat up running back with a bad contract. 
<laughs> and instead, the, the Texans don't have a pick for the next two years because they, they give up the, a lot to get Laramie Tunsil and the Kenny, Kenny Stills. And then you see the Cardinals are have one of the best drafts with when you get when you get Isaiah Simmons in the first round. And then you have Josh Jones. The Texans don't no one else gets a nice spell in their lap in the middle of the third round. I, I generally don't feel sorry for multimillionaires, but I feel sorry for Deshaun Watson. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel, no, I feel bad for Deshaun Watson because, yeah, you can say he's making his money, but, you know, he's, his O-line still Swiss cheese. Let's not forget that. <laughs> and, yeah, Brandon Cooks is fine, but Brandon Cooks was the third option on the Rams this year. Now, granted, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are always pretty decent and pretty good, but the fact that you're still the third guy and you're going to become the second guy Probably oftentimes the first because Will Fuller is oftentimes healthy. Good luck, Deshaun. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. <laughs> uh, player we both love, and we're so happy that he's getting uh, attention. Geno Atkins, Cincinnati Bengals. We're showing you love, Cincinnati. Oh, uh, Cincinnati, and they're the only team. And you, you and I agree. You're there. The Bengals are the only team I can't blame them for feeling like they're slighted. Because even mm-hmm. though for like Raiders fans, I could slight them for wanting a guy like Matt Millen or Sid Taylor or whatever, I can't blame you for wanting, you know, Ken Anderson, who's deserving, Ken Riley, who despite being fifth all time in an interception that doesn't have a Pro Bowl to his name, Lamar Parrish, you know, Willie Anderson and you know and, you know, Chad Johnson and of course Corey Dillon, even though Corey Dillon has Corey Dillon has does have an All Pro. I can't blame you for feeling that way because he was the only good thing about the '90s Bengals, who just sucked. He was the only good thing about those about those teams. The only only, the only fan base that has earned that chip. Use it properly. Only fan base, and there's most fan base you can't because, like I said, the Raiders and some other teams. And, I, and I, we've had our own. You know, jabs at them. With the with the Bengals, you can't blame me for feeling that way. In fact, make me actually want a Corey Young now for some reason. And I'm not a huge Corey Young guy, but honestly, yeah, he's below Alexander and Taylor and Barber and you know Waters, of course. But hey, you know, Corey Dillon, you know, if the case is unripe, yeah, but not before, not until after those four, if ever. But can't blame him for feeling that way. You have nothing. You have, I can't complain. Uh, so this one, I'm going to we'll gloss right over because you've said so many things. Uh, you're pretty much the president, without being the president of number 32, the Matt Ryan fan club. Oh yeah, like number 33 is Russell Wilson. Now I'm not going to mention Russell Wilson because you see so many people say Russell Wilson is the most criminally underrated quarterback that no one talks about. No one talks about. Poor Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. People don't talk about Russell. No, people talk about Russell Wilson a lot. Like the last few years, he's always like, "Whenever you have Russell Wilson, you have a chance." And I hear that a lot, a lot. But don't forget, Russell Wilson was not this great quarterback when he first came in the league. He was more of a game manager when he first came in. Matt Ryan is the guy that's for me underrated. Matt Ryan is the guy that people don't talk about. Matt Ryan is the one that the media don't mention. Or don't give the respect because a whole bunch of reasons. Not as talkative. He's the Super Bowl loss, Russell Hartz, and a whole bunch of other reasons. It's not Russell Wilson that's the criminal underrated guy. And whoever says that is wrong. I never saw him as underrated at all. Yeah, when you forwarded that off to me, I, I, well, I was glad I wasn't drinking a beverage because I would have done a spit take. Because I know that Russell Wilson's also the guy who's mar- married a beautiful pop star or a rap, uh, no, a hip hop star. Yep, yep, yep. DR is huge. DR is a pretty big name. Yeah, and he's in he's in national t- national advertising com- commercials. Matt Ryan, I don't know, I don't know who he's married to. I don't. Well, I generally don't care who anyone's married to. Uh, I can't remember if I've even ever seen Matt Ryan in a commercial. And there's only like I think there's only been like two commercials I've ever seen Matt Ryan. I think I remember seeing him in a Dish Network commercial one time in like the early 2010s and a Gatorade commercial where he talked about make the feet your fuel. So that's the only times I've ever seen Matt Ryan commercials. Whereas Matt, whereas Russell Wilson, I've seen him in Madden. 
I've seen him for, you know, Pizza Hut. I've seen him for, I think it's Pizza Hut. I've seen him for Amazon. I've seen, I've seen him for so many different stuff. I've seen him for Pepsi. You think, you think Russell Wilson is underrated? You think Russell Wilson is underappreciated? You think Russell Wilson is a guy that no one talks about? Stop smoking, man. Okay, stop smoking, man. <laughs> Number 34, we've talked a lot about him, uh, Travis Frederick. His career is now over. Excellent yeah, center. of the PFF rate really helped it in your favor. Even though Frederick might, didn't make the All-Decky team, I'm not going to ignore him because when you rank that high, when you're the highest-ranked safety of the decade by the leader of analytical studies for the sport, can't argue with you. <laughs> can't argue. Yep. Uh, Adrian Peterson, uh, he's a future Hall of Famer. I don't think, uh, wh- whether he's ranked or not uh, at this point, he's uh, he- he's in. He's in at this point. Uh, just Adrian a matter of Peter- when. He's Adrian Peterson. Yep. <laughs> now, granted, there's another Adrian Peterson. He played for the Bears, but different Adrian Peterson. The, the Adrian Peterson, everyone knows, you don't have to say anything. He's going to make it. In fact, I would say that Adrian Peterson's one of those five guys where you know they're going to be first ballot. Tom yeah, Brady, agreed. Drew Brees, Lick, Gerald, Aaron Rodgers, Adrian Peterson, which I think they're all, I think that's also your top five um, for your rankings of active players because those are the five that no one can argue are going to make it first ballot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it reminds me, i got to go back to work on that and change that for the upcoming season. Uh, here's a player that I honestly didn't even think of, uh, Chris Myers, number 36, center. I don't think he's making the all, but get that out of the way. Because, though, I do wonder how much this is going to affect, because this is one of these, this is, he's easily the least known player on his list. I do wonder, Nike, now, PFF says he doesn't have any respect because he was a fixed-round pick. No, because there's other guys that have been in the later rounds that have been on this list, so you can't say that. But outside of that, I don't know. Like, when it comes to blocking centers, Zone blocking? I guess maybe that could help, like, you know, Alex Gibbs, Paul Bainkate, um, the offensive line coach for the Denver Broncos, which, of course, as you know, I'm huge when it comes to assistant coaches, Buddy Ryan and you know, Clark Shaughnessy and whatnot. But with Chris Myers, is, I mean, it's not going to change anything, except maybe it's a, a, a tinge. And I really do mean a tinge. I'm being generous when I say a tinge. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, uh, he's one of those guys at number 37, one of those guys that people like to debate a lot. I I think he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, would you agree on that? I'm not going to say because the answer is easily yes. Whoever says no and wants to bring up that, oh. whoever wants to bring up that, that case, when I say that case, whoever knows that, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not getting that whole he said, she said, BS. Ben Roethlisberger is going to make the first ballot. Okay. Do people like to say that? I don't, I don't know because, you know, he may say he has six Pro Bowls, but I think like two or three of those times, he was a first-time alternate, first alternate, and he said, nah, I'm not doing fans. So, yeah, just ignore the Pro Bowls when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger. The proof is in the pudding. Ben is great. He's going to make a first ballot. He was the best quarterback of the 2004 class. Him or Rivers, it's like back and forth between him and the Rivers. People have said Ben, but you know, Phil has gotten a bit more on him over the past. But Ben, yeah, he was, he's had the he's had supporting guests. I think and Peyton Manning had that too. Tom Brady also had that too. A lot of guys, you always need supporting guests. If you don't have any supporting guests, you're going to be a bust. A uh, player uh, up next to, I really hope that he has a bounce back year. Uh, A.J. Green, wide receiver. Um, so big on A.J. Green. Love A.J. Green. Um, hope, I hope he is so happy that Joe Burrow is quarterback now. He is so happy about that. And ho- and hopefully uh, something good will happen. Uh, another guy I absolutely love, Bobby Wagner, 39. Uh, Wagner, he's, it's always him and Luke Keekley. Luke Keekley, I would say, was better than Bobby Wagner. However, he is great, too. <laughs> He's like picking hairs. The reason Keekley is better, but that's no shot against Wagner. That is like no, no shot. Wagner, where everyone in the Legion of Boom is gone, he's the only guy on defense that stayed. And 
in the same draft as Russell Wilson, six all pros, then he'll make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I think that's pretty, that's pretty safe to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Evans, always, speaking of guys who are really Mike happy. Evans, <laughs> Mike Evans, that's a guy that he's always really good. Or is Jameis Winston early in his career? We had Josh McCown and Mike Glennon and Ryan Fitzpatrick. He is so, he's got to be super, just over the moon that his quarterback is now Tom Brady. And I love Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans is going to be on my list by next year. But we'll just see. And I'm happy he's on this list. Uh, Number 41, Cameron Wake. This is the guy that I would have rather had on the all-decade team than uh, Cameron Jordan because Cameron Wake actually had more sacks and more tackles and also had more first-team all-pronouts than Cameron Jordan. This is one of those instances in which recency bias might have played a role and is also why you shouldn't always put all your eggs in the back of the all-decade team because there could be some disparages and some inconsistencies in there. And I'm so happy that Cameron Wake is given the respect he's deserved here. That's no shot against Cameron Jordan. He's here above Jordan, which seems right, and I have no problem with Dolphins fans pushing you down the road, because you deserve it, dude. Uh, number 42, Brandon Graham. Very underrated. This is the guy that his case, if it happens, it's going to all come from pressures. This is a pre- he's a pressure machine. Not just the facts, but pressures. Pressure, 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 pressure. Whenever you think of a pressure, a pressure guy, Brandon Graham is the de facto pressure guy you always think of. And if he does have a case, like some Eagles fans have said, and yet he's always been underrated because he's never gotten the all pros one by, 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 by sports writers and you know, media members. But Brandon Graham, pressure king. Pressure king. Love this player. Uh, number 43, Tyron Smith. Still has a lot of football left in him if he, if he chooses to uh, continue to play. Oh, he, he is going to continue to play. He's a pro bowler every single year. He's dominant. He is just dominant. Always so good. Him and Peters and, you know, him, seeing him, Peters, and Williams all in the same division, and they would always make the Pro Bowl, but they all be able East is the one. Well, you could say that, but they were always so good at their game. And just seeing how the Giants are the only ones that don't have that makes it look even more sad in comparison. Like, you have these. You have these three potential future Hall of Fame tackles. And you have the Giants who have Eric Flowers. Not anymore, but yeah, Eric Flowers. Uh, so 44, Alex Mack. Great center. Uh, love Alex Mack. Another great, just great player. Um, now, surprisingly, you might be saying, where's Marquise Pouncey? You'll, you'll see him later down the line, but you know, Alex Mack it's in that little uh, subsection where he made it the all-decade team, but probably made it second team. If they were to do it, first and second team, he probably would have been second team. And then Morales, I do wonder, is, is he going to have a bounce-back season or is he going to continue to decline? Because Alex Mack, he's been good every single season. He's always been consistent. Fletcher Cox, number 45, another player I love. Like Fletcher Cox, really good player, great player. Rising star, his star is continuing to rise, and yeah, I'm only going to see him getting better. Justin Houston, number 46. This is a guy whose injuries derailed his career, but when he was at his peak, peak, peak performance, one of the best pass rushers in the game. Uh, number 47, Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, no, no point even discussing it. He's he's first ballot Hall of Famer as he should be. Whenever you make the hundredth anniversary team. You should never go into detail why that person deserves into the Hall of Fame. No, absolutely. Uh, player, I think every time we talk, we always talk about this guy, Calais Campbell, and how much we love this guy. Oh, so he's, a, he's a wine. He's not milk. He is wine. That is what <laughs> Calais Campbell he is great. He's always so good. Great with the Cardinals. Great with the Jaguars. And he's a new great with the Ravens, too. You know he is. You just know he is. Love, love everything about him. Uh, Andre Johnson. Oh, he was good, and his quarterback sucks too. He, he had guys like David Carr and Ryan Mallett and TJ Yates. And, <laughs> and hell, his best quarterback was Matt Schaub. 
He's the best quarterback. That's, that's no shot to Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub's still in the league, and he's from 2004. His career lasts longer than Eli Manning. That's no shot to Matt Schaub. And, like, and the fact that Andre Johnson, regardless of the quarterback, he always caught the ball. He caught over almost 95% of his targets. That, that is just... Before Jones and Brown, he was considered the best. He was considered the best, best guy in the game. I do wonder how much it's going to affect his uh, chances, though, because he has this backlog of, backlog of wide receivers. Like I said, increase the number of moderns. Just, just get those receivers in. Get in Calvin. Get in Holt. Get in Wayne. Get in Andre. Steve Smith, you'll see down the line. And hell, even Hines Ward and Chad Johnson. Just get in. We, we like our receivers. We like our receivers. And Andre Johnson. So underrated, so good. And uh, number fifty, uh, Travis Kelsey. He, he'll, he, I, I think he'll make the Hall of Fame when he retires. I think he, so too. he was the second best tight end of the 2010s decade. Not right. much to say. Kelsey is just great. Definitely, uh, he, he, he has a lot of staying power, and especially when you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback now. Oh yeah, he's not leaving. So just uh, for the interest of time, we'll, I'll just name off the, the remainings and just say yes or no, whether they're all a famer uh, at this point. Sound good? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. So number yeah, 51, guard Zach Martin. Yeah, he's going to be he's on his way to become a, a, a legend, a literal legend, like a 10-time Pro Bowl, 10-11-time Pro Bowl. He's on Larry Howland's level. That's the way he's looking at right now. Uh, 52, center Jason Kelsey. Very big on Jason Kelsey, very underrated guy. Um, I think his first team all pros is going to help him down the line. Number 53, cornerback Brent Grimes. His, his ball was very steep. It was very steep, no chance. 54, cornerback Patrick Peterson. Pretty shocked to see him uh, this low, but yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll make it. I, I love Patrick Peterson, very underrated. All right, uh, 55, safety Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor, he's one of those guys where you could have won in 2010, second, but this is also one of those cases where how much you're going to value the time as Legion of Boom, how much that's going to affect him. Today, it's going to take a while. Uh, number Remember. 56, defensive lineman Damon Harrison Sr. Uh, Snacks is the kind of guy where, you know, you got to look at the numbers because the all throws and Pro Bowls might not affect, but Harrison, he was known as the run sucker of the game. Him or, or Vince Wilfork, I'm, I'm big on my nose tackles. I'm big on, my, I'm big on those kind of guys. All right, 57, linebacker Navarro Bullman. I mean, it was a short career, but whenever he played, he was always super dominant. So I don't see him happening for you know, Willis or Smith or those, those other guys from, the, from those early, uh, early 2010s, 49ers. But Bullman's that good third, third guy. Uh, 58, tackle Dwayne Brown. Him and the next guy, 59, Trent Williams, they're kind of similar in terms of their chances. Like, they could make it, they might not. It just depends on the next two years. Uh, number 60, linebacker Derek Johnson. Mm, he, made the, he made their all decade team as the second-team linebacker. Very versatile, though. I wonder, I can see him as a guy that Chiefs fans are going to want, though it's going to come, it's going to be less than other guys like, you know, and a Taylor or a Trier or a Maze or some of those other guys from AFL or 61 wide receiver, Brandon Marshall. Very unique case. There's a lot of teams, you know, Dolphins, Broncos, Bears, Jets, etc. I have no idea what's going to, what it's going to be with Brandon Marshall. He is a complete uncertainty. Number 62, Nick Mangold. He's one of those guys that I would say he's better than Alex Mack. He's, he's better than Alex Mack. If because it had the two decades, like, you know, he's like the late 2000s, and he, like Ruben Brown, another one of our patron saints. Um, <laughs> because of that, he's not on the Kelsey team, but Nick Mangold, uh, he was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm big on Nick Mangold, and it's not because I'm from New York. He legitimately was that good. Yeah, and uh, another shout-out to you. Uh, for, for someone this, uh, this much, uh, you know, growing up in New York, and you don't have, like, a bias towards... You don't have a fan. You don't have a fandom. I wish I was like that. I can't be objective. My my favorite player on the Jets growing. Uh, my favorite player that was on the Jets was uh, Chad Pennington. Then it became Brett Favre. But regardless of what it was, my favorite player on the Jets afterwards was Nick Mangold because he's, I love that beard. Mm-hmm. So it's sixty three. No point. <laughs> Safety. Troy Polamalu. Uh, 
Corey Palmer is in the Hall of Fame already. Yep. Can we make the Hall of Fame again? Hey. <laughs> no point in talking. Hey, in basketball, you can make the Hall of Fame twice. Well, yeah, but Paul Miles not a coach. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, Sixty-four, Philip Rivers, quarterback. I'm big on Rivers. I'm big on Phil. Yeah, that one. Uh, Cameron Jordan, who we just talked. I'm about. I'm also big on Cameron Jordan. I think his. I think his. I think his Hall of Fame case is just starting. Number sixty-six, uh, the most unlikely all-decade person, Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger. Um, uh, it, 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 he has, he's a very versatile guy. Maybe I could see, maybe I could, I can't, I don't know. It really depends what happens down the road. Linebacker, Levante David. This is the guy that I wish was on the all, all decade team because if you had that third team, like that mock of 13 that we, that we saw online, Levante David, he's not the kind of guy that's going to get the sack, but he's all about the tackle. He's more about a tackle kind of guy. He's one of those very underrated prospects, and hopefully now with Brady and Gronkowski with the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers are more hyped than the Browns were last year. I hope Levante Davis getting the respect he so desperately deserves. Number 68, Josh Sitton. Josh Sitton's on the close to get Ari Evans and uh, Logan Mankins is not. So I can definitely see that where you know, Mankins and Sitton, the back and forth, so I would say with Mankins, you know, you got to really look at the, the late 2000s because that's that's why Mankins is not on this list. So for Sitton, you know, he was great at blocking the pass his whole career. He's he four straight years ninety five, like just dominant, just dominant in the early 2010s. Sixty nine wide receiver Jordy Nelson. No way in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Uh, number seventy guard Brandon Brooks. Let's see what happens down the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, 71, defensive lineman, Nagdan McKinsey. Love Sue. I love Sue. He is one of those guys that makes people around him better. That's a fact. In fact, you look at Shaq Barrett, you look at Aaron Donald, they led, they led the league in sacks, and it's because you had Ndamukong Sue right down the middle. 72, defensive line, Gerald McCoy. Love McCoy. Another another guy. I, another guy. I just love. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's so many great defensive tackles uh, during the 2010s. I just hope, like, you no, know, this is a very. I just hope they get more recognition. And also, don't forget, Jeremy McCoy. Congrats on uh, getting more fit in the offseason. Here's a surprise to me: 73 off, off tackle Jordan Gross. Strange that you know Gross is on here. Uh, no, no, he's not making the the hall. Uh, though I would say that in terms of the accolades, it could, it could be he's one of those guys where history is going to look a little bit better for Gross down the line. That's what I think. Seventy four, Michael Bennett. Mm-hmm. Nah. Yeah. Uh, wide receiver Des Bryant, number seventy five. No, just no. Uh, number seventy six. There's one very interesting. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, def- reigning defensive player of the year. Um, he's, he, his take is only going to grow, especially when he wins defensive player of the year. Oh, yeah, he was the best defensive player in the game last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, 77, wide receiver Doug Baldwin. I think that's a no. Do I need to really say no to that? No. Nope. <laughs> right. 78, Tom Bahali. A lot of pressures, but this was very early in the 2010s. Uh, it's him and Jared. Is this a guy that I could see Chiefs fans warning? But uh, yeah. seventy nine, Lane Johnson. Him and William. Him, William, and especially Mitchell Schwartz. Like Mitchell Schwartz, I'm huge on. Lane Johnson, I also really like. Like you can never underestimate the power of the right tackle. Like always very dominant. It's also why George Coons. I'm huge on him from the Falcons from from the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eighty, Chandler Jones. Instantly, yeah, I'm big on Chandler Jones. This guy sacks the quarterback relentlessly, constantly, 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 and he he has been just dominant. No matter the year, like no matter the team, you're always going to know he's always going to be in those uh, defense player of the year talks. Always a lot of disruptancy. Just always so good. Greg Olson, tight end. 
um, the injuries at the end kind of killed it. Yeah. Uh, Teron Armstead. Um, I see it getting better as things go on. Yeah, this one I don't see here either. Uh, Keenan Allen, number 83. No. Wait, no. David Bakhtiari, tackle, 84. This is a guy where the All-Pros, the All-Pros, and especially PFF, is really going to help Matt because Bakhtiari, he is fantastic. Bakhtiari is fantastic at right tackle. Akib Talib, cornerback. This is a guy that I've seen some people say was, was, a, was a, a kind of a snub when it came to the 2010 Bill Beckett team. Mm-hmm. I think Chris Harris is a really good chance, especially with this. Chris Harris, mm-hmm. oh yeah, this really helps him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For Keith Lee, eh, when you have someone from the no-fly zone, if it's going to be anyone, if you have the two is one of the two, it would be Chris Harris by a really significant margin, especially when it comes to um, disrupting, you know, disrupting passes and zone coverage. And here we go, Jamal Charles, 86. Yes, Jamal Charles. There's no Frank Gore on this list. But, you know, <laughs> I'm big on Frank Gore, but I'm also bigger, just as big on um, Jamal Charles, because with Jamal Charles, it's one of those guys where he, he had a 5.4 yards per carry. That's a record. That's a record. And he was just dominant. In the early 2000s, he was, just, he, he was the epitome of dominance. Whereas a guy like Gore, you can say longevity with, and that's nothing in Frank Gore. I'm huge on Frank Gore, but Jamal Charles, in terms of impact of the early 2010s, oh yeah, it was all dominant for Jamal Charles. Mm-hmm. And those Chiefs teams in the early 2010s, down until Andy Reid got there, they were trash. They were they had the they had the number one pick. They got Eric Fisher, who's been, eh. but yeah, Jamal Charles there, and I feel like you know as much as I want Frank Gore, I do want to like you know once you have Frank Gore. Those cases of Clay Matthews Jr. and uh, Jim Marshall and Pat Fisher are really going to build up, and I, I have no problem with any of those guys. So I would say, you know, once you have, you know, Frank Gore, you're going to have the Vikings fans one, Marshall and Browns fans one, Matthews Jr. and you know the rest. Yep. Uh, wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders. Some Broncos fans were saying, "Oh my God, PSF is biased because Demarius Thomas is an honest dude." Chris Harris and Von Miller are in the top 15. So, shush. PFF only cares about numbers. They, there's no bias here whatsoever. There, there's, no, there's, there's no... PFF is not biased. It is literally all numbers. There's no bias here. They didn't have Des Bryant above Demarius Thomas because he played for the Cowboys. That was the case. And why was Andrew Whitworth above... Why, why was Marshawn Lynch above uh, Adrian Peterson? They're mm-hmm. about numbers. They don't care. They don't, they don't have any bias. Uh, here, here's a blast from the past. Charles Tillman. This is a guy I could actually see getting some buzz. I, I, can, I, I think because of his impact in terms of uh, someone from the, um, even when the Tampa 2 defense was having, that, this is a guy I can actually see a bit of a case for. Because, you know, his peanut punch, and also because of how unique he was as a player. Carlos Dunlap. Bengals fans, I have no issue. Don't worry, Bengals fans. You're the only team that I feel that I'm, I'm able to say this about. So I have no problem with you saying that Carl Dunlap. But Hall of Famer. Maybe. Let's, let's see what happens. Steve Smith. He'll make it. Odell Beckham Jr. Too early to tell. Le'Veon Bell. Sitting out, sitting out a year. And then making less money to go play for the Jets where you have uh, like three yards per carry and Frank Gore looks like he's going to replace you, a guy that's going to be 37 and he's still chugging along no matter what happens. Frank Gore, yeah, no. Uh, Yeah, I'd say his his path has definitely taken a downswing. Uh, Kevin Byard. Too early to tell. Jonathan Joseph, number 94. Mm, No. James Harrison, this is interesting. I like James Harrison. Don't forget, James Harrison was a defensive player of the year. James Harrison was a great player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. James Harrison is a guy I love. I know that Clark Judge says, I don't want him, but, you know, come on. James Harrison, defensive player of the year, four-time All-Pro, four-board, on the, on the PFF 101. Come on. But when you're talking about those the defensive players, the Steelers, when you're talking about, you know, the, when you're talking about the um, edge, the linebacking core, 
James Harrison's usually the one who comes to mind. He's definitely going to be at least a semifinalist. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jarrell Casey. Sure to tell. No, five bubbles really helped. So I have no idea why the Titans would only, uh, would only um, get a seventh-round pick for Casey. I don't know, understand why. Though, he, he's always really dominant. He's very underrated. Uh, 97. Maybe. I can see, hmm? see Casey. Yeah, okay. Number, number 97, Cameron Hayward. Too early to tell. Jalen Ramsey. Way too early to tell. Rodney Hudson. No chance. Mitchell Schwartz. This is the guy who should have been uh, at least in serious consideration for uh, the 2010 Zeldecki team. Doesn't have a problem, but who cares? You have four all-pros, and he's the best right tackle in the game. And uh, Actually, I'm glad this guy's here. Uh, perfect way to end. And it looks Eric like his Perry. yeah Eric Berry because it looks like his career is over. Loved watching him play. Has a great story. Did he do enough? Uh, you know, made made the all decade team. Made the all decade team despite having a somewhat short short career. Had able to come back from cancer. I mean, for the same thing, I have no issue with Travis Frederick. I have no issue with that. Though I would say, you know, I can see my see semifinals. So I, I'm going to see like that's the guy. Move over Tom Holly, move over you know, Derek Johnson. That's the guy who can really see Chiefs fans wanting. Yeah, and uh, Barry hasn't officially retired, but I think it's pretty much assumed that his career is over. So we're not going to be adding anything else to his body of work. And again, love the story, love the guy. Uh, Vinny, thanks so much for this idea. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be doing something soon. Yeah, it's always good. Um, um, and in case you're, and in case anyone's wondering what I'm doing as we doing as we speak on the old spreadsheet, mm-hmm. I'm literally evaluating everyone on the NFL top 100 list, and that includes everyone that's bid on that list, from anyone everyone that would expect, like a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers, to some some people that you may not expect, like Tim Tebow <laughs> and Fred Jackson, and of course the. The worst running back in NFL history, Trent Richardson. <laughs> well, he's not the worst running back in NFL history. It's what, it's what others have said, though it, it, it is kind of funny. No offense to him, and I do feel bad the fact that his, his family did take advantage of his, his wealth. But, yeah, he... he <laughs> <laughs> case, Blake Bortles is on this list, too. Oh, wow. I, I got to look more at yeah. these, these 100s. They sound but hysterical. But at the same time, we, we should acknowledge, this is a great way to really elaborate. You need to pay attention to the deep analytics. The same way that you pay attention to um, sports writers and the regulars, you need to pay attention to the statisticians, you need to pay attention to the coaches, and even in the case of the NFL 100, you need to listen to what the players say too because people say that players deserve to have a voice, well, use their voice. And if you don't like it, well, shame on you because you asked for it. <laughs> True words never spoken. Thanks so much, Vinny. Stay safe. You too, man. You too. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, look for more content soon from us at nonhalloffame.com, and we hope everyone's staying safe. Thanks so much.